The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. You may be seated today. I want to share, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I want to share with you today the Christmas story. And I want to share it with you today from the perspective of Christ's redemptive love. Now, so what is Christ's redemptive love? You know what? It's amazing the different ways that each one of us views love. Have you ever talked with somebody about the way that they viewed love and you thought, that's not love? See, every one of us views love differently. We have a different understanding of love. And for most of us, our understanding about love was established by a parent. It was established by a member of our family or someone close to us as we were growing up. And so our understanding of God's perfect love for us is skewed. At least at some level, because by imperfect people, they operated in imperfect love. How many of you would be willing to admit today that the love that you operate in is not totally perfect? No show of hands. We've got to see the hands this morning. About half of you, the rest of you, I'm going to cast that demon of lying out of you a little bit later. So the only real template that we can have for understanding God's love is to understand God's love. Let me say that again. The only real template that we can have for understanding God's love is to understand God's love. It's the only way that it works because even though we see flashes of God's unconditional love in the loving people that are in our lives, it's only the revelation of God's perfect love in each of our lives that really helps us understand redemptive love that God has for each one of us. See, John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, it's about God's redemptive love. And redemptive love is love that came about through redemption. Well, what does redemption mean? Well, let me, let me show you from the dictionary what it means. I've got a slide I want to show you. It means this. It's the action of saving or being saved from sin error or evil it's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt the action of buying one's freedom redemption see because Adam sinned you and I were born into sin and no matter how hard we tried we could not reestablish the relationship with the Holy God So God sent Jesus. This is the true message of Christmas, that God so loved the world. God so loved you and I that he gave us his only son. Hey, at Christmas time, don't gloss over that. Don't just swing by that really fast. Hey, I know that verse, and yeah, God gave us his son. Awesome. What else have you got? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever does everything right, No, that whosoever believes in him will have everlasting life. But here's the thing about redemptive love, and I want you to catch this this morning. God didn't just save us from something. He saved us for something. Let me say that again. God didn't just save us from something, our sin. He saved us for something, eternal and abundant life. So if you have your Bibles there in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, for if... By the trespass of the one man. Who was that one man? Adam. Let me try, let's try that again. For if by the trespass of the one man, who was that one man? Adam. Death reigned through the one man. How much more? Say how much more? 
How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will do what? Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. See, it's Christmas time. I know many of you are excited about all the wonderful gifts that somebody has hidden for you under the Christmas tree. But there are two gifts that we need to receive from Christ's redemptive love in order for you and I to reign in life. It's an abundance of grace, not just grace, but an abundance of grace. See, some of you have lived the type of life, or you live the type of life this week that you think you've used up all the grace already for today. Because of what you did yesterday, the grace is, is in the red, and so there's not really enough grace to happen for today. Ever felt that way? Maybe not you, but for somebody you know, they've used up all the grace already, right? But God wants you and I to receive an abundance of grace. There is absolutely no lack in grace with God. He has absolutely no lack. God wants you to receive an abundance of grace. And notice how we reign in life is when we receive an abundance of grace. It's not when I do everything right. It's not when I perform perfectly. It's not when I, when I perform in a way that God's going to love me more if I do all the right things. We do it by receiving an abundance of grace. And listen, when you reign in life, the devil doesn't. When you reign in life, the devil doesn't. When you reign in life, your addictions don't. When you reign in life, every curse falls at your feet. You rise above them. And the thing of this is this, that reigning in life isn't something that you have to strive to do. It's not something that you have to be anxious about. You rise above them when you learn how to reign in life. How? By receiving an abundance of grace. That's gift number one. Gift number two is the gift of righteousness. Just by receiving these two gifts, you reign in life. Well, Pastor Richie, there's got to be more to it. Right? I've got I've to receive an abundance of grace. I've got to receive the gift of righteousness. I've got to come to church. I've got to give in the Christmas offering. I have to be nice to my family that's not very nice to me all Christmas uh, or during the holidays. Right? And then I reign in life? No. Simply by receiving an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you reign in life. And notice that it's a gift. Say gift. Okay, you do it by receiving the gift of righteousness, not the reward of righteousness. And you receive this gift of righteousness by faith. It's regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of your emotions, regardless of your thoughts, regardless of your behaviors. If you believe in Jesus, if you're here today and you believe in Jesus, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus right now, present tense, you are righteous in God's eyes. Here's how I know that it can be a little confusing because there are days when we blow it. This morning, yesterday, there are days when we blow it and yet still some amazing thing shows up in our life. I don't know about you, but I believe as Christians we are constantly amazed how God blesses us even at times in our life when we aren't having our best days. And what we expect because we weren't having our best days based upon bad doctrine that we've been taught is because we blew it, now our life is going to fall apart. We're on plan B in our life. What God wanted to do, he's not going to be able to do. And now God's distant to us. Now he's ignoring us. Now we're out of fellowship with him. And we believe that because we don't understand that righteousness is by faith. Not by performance, it's by faith. Look at that verse again. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign? The word receive means to take. You don't have to rip it out of God's hand, but you take it. Have you ever tried to give somebody something and they wouldn't take it? 
There are people who feel like, oh, no, I'm just, no, please, I can't do that. Listen, you have to receive it. Receive means that you take hold of it. And this word receive is a present tense receive, meaning that you continually lay hold of it. It's active. It doesn't mean that you take hold of it at salvation and then you get it and understand it forever. I may preach this message today and you go, okay, I got that. I I get that. No, every day you've got to get it. Every day you have to receive it. The abundance of God's provision and the gift of righteousness. Listen, especially when you fail. Especially when you blow it. Especially when you lost your cool. Especially when you sinned again. It's in these moments that you can tell what you really believe about the abundance of God's provision, His grace, and the gift of righteousness. See, you can know all this stuff in your head, but do you know it in your heart? Because when it really matters is when you fail. Do you believe it now? Think back just for a moment. I I hate to remind you of a sin, but think back this week, this month for my wife. It's about two years ago that you sinned and blew it. Okay, think, think back for that just a moment if you would. In that moment, did you start crying out, oh, God, I'm just so horrible. God, it's just so terrible. Or did you step up and say, God, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not who I am. That's what I did, but that's not who I am. That's that's when you know when you believe it. Do you allow the devil to beat you up and heap guilt and condemnation on you? See, we thought that that was God, right? Some of us were taught that. That's God, and oh, if I just feel horrible enough about myself, then I'll actually lead, that'll lead me to repentance. No, the Bible said it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. What the enemy wants to do is heap guilt and condemnation upon us, because if you get guilt and condemnation on us, it is just a downward spiral in our lives. Do you believe that God's turned his back on you when you fail? I mean, honestly, think about this. You don't have to answer out loud if you don't want to, but just right there to yourself. Think, do you believe that God's turned his back on you? See, those are just your feelings and emotions, and they aren't true. We have to quit allowing our feelings and our emotions to determine what God, who God is in our life and start believing what the Word of God says about who God is in our life. Because, you see, in God's eyes, your righteousness is a gift, and he sees you as righteous. Listen, when you sin, you don't lose your righteousness. You don't lose your right standing with God. Do you know why? Because it was a gift. You didn't obtain it by your works, therefore you don't lose it by your works. If you could have lost it by your works, it wouldn't have been a gift in the first place. I'm telling you, this is powerful. See, Daniel prophesied the birth of Jesus Christ, and what he prophesied is that he would bring an everlasting righteousness. And an everlasting righteousness is everlasting y'all put that together right righteousness doesn't just last until your next sin even though that's what we've been taught righteousness from God is everlasting see what this helps us recognize and begin to understand is the goodness of God the unconditional perfect redemptive love of God it helps us begin to understand the power of his love operating in our lives it's not a condemning love It's not a stone-throwing love. It's not a tough love. Have you ever had somebody operate in a tough love with you? It's It's not any of those things. For God so loved that he gave. For Christ so loved that he died. His purpose in coming as a baby was to redeem mankind. And how you get in right standing with God, that's what righteousness is, is through right believing. And right believing will produce right living. 
You don't have to worry and be anxious about right living because right living is the fruit in our lives that is produced from the root of right believing. A right theology, that's our understanding of God, will produce a right lifestyle. Too often what we've done in the church is we have put the cart before the horse and we focused only on behavior rather than really helping people understand who they were in Christ. We focused on that right lifestyle, why people weren't living right, instead of helping them understand that they are a child of the Most High God. That they have been born again, they've been born into the kingdom of God. Because when people begin to understand who God really is and who they are in Christ, it produces the right behavior. Listen to this. Show me someone with wrong behaviors and I'll show you someone who does not understand who God is or who they are and, or could be in Christ. Pastor Richie, are you saying behaviors are not important? I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying are behaviors are the fruit of right believing, of being established, constantly receiving an abundance of grace, constantly receiving the goodness of God, constantly receiving the gift of righteousness. So the next time you find yourself doing the wrong thing, the thing that you said you were never going to do again, y'all ever been there? Don't think that you're going to overcome it by your willpower. Don't, don't go, okay, I'm going to hunker down. I'm not doing that again. Just receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So even when you blow it, just declare over your life, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and it'll cause you to reign in life. See, this is why Christians don't reign in life, because they believe the bad report. They believe the accusation. They believe their behaviors more than they believe the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 4, let me show it to you. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, we can look at that and if you were raised in church like I was, we always thought of Abraham as just a mighty man, right? That he was a man who didn't sin and lived before the, or lived and always kept the Ten Commandments. Well, first of all, Abraham lived before the Ten Commandments were given and he lied twice about his wife being his sister. Now, these are the sins that are recorded. I'm sure he blew it in other ways. But do you know the reason why he lied about his wife being his sister? He lied about his bride to save his own hide. Right? Two different rulers. He gave his wife away to save his own neck. I would have only had to do it once, and I would have been a dead man. And what's interesting... Listen, this is the part that's interesting, is that God was about to severely punish the two rulers, and he blessed Abraham. Y'all remember that story? It seems backwards, doesn't it? He should have chastised Abraham. See, and this is what gets confusing sometimes for us in righteousness by faith because we think of our relationship with God and we're operating in the spirit realm as the same as operating in the natural realm. Listen, when I do wrong things with my wife, every once in a while, one out of about the 20 times, she's not as nice back to me as she should be. When she does wrong things to me, almost every time I'm not as nice as I should be. That's not the way that God operates. It's amazing how redemptive and how powerful his love is. And we kind of gloss over it. Yeah, God's love, God's love. And we know it intellectually. We know it in our head. But we're not daily receiving the abundance of grace. God, thank you. Thank you today that I'm in right standing with you. We don't receive the gift of righteousness and understand what it is that Christ has really done for you and I. See, on days that you think God should be frowning at you, wanting to slap you around, right? Because that's what we think. We, we blow it and then something goes wrong, that's just God slapping me around. Look what God's doing. Yeah, I deserve it. 
I'm telling you, that's not God. On days when we deserve a frown from him, he's still smiling over us. He's still smiling, a smile of acceptance in your life, in, in over our lives, for you to recognize how much and how perfectly he loves you. And he blesses you in ways that you knew full well you didn't deserve a blessing at all. And it's because it's an everlasting righteousness. You know, it seems to me that when you are righteous by faith, God sees you as nothing but righteous. And God's goodness is on you not to allow you to stay in your sin, but to lead you towards repentance. See, but it doesn't happen overnight. In fact, you and I, we need to be patient with ourselves. And also, we need to be patient with others. Let me say that again. We need to be patient with ourselves, and we need to be patient with others. Amen? Meanwhile, God doesn't withhold his blessing from you until you act right. But people get confused because, see, wrong behavior does produce negative things in our life. It's why God doesn't want us sinning. It's why he doesn't want us violating the word of God because it produces all kinds of negative things in our life. But God's not withholding his blessing. God's not causing the problems. I can be mean to my wife. I'm really picking on my wife today. I can be mean to my wife and, and there can become a riff in our relationship. God did not cause the riff. Y'all see that? That's why the, the word of God teaches me to love her as Christ has loved the church. What's that mean? It means I sacrifice for her. She's taking notes quickly now. I sacrifice for her. I give to her. And when I do that, man, things work. Because when mama's happy, everyone's happy, right? So there are consequences, but God's not withholding his blessing from us. Are you, are you seeing the difference in that? When you understand how much God loves you, suddenly when he's showing you the path to walk on, he's saying, this is the path to the abundant life here, and this is the path that you can walk in all the blessings that I have. When we step off, God doesn't say, okay, I'm pulling back the blessing. There's just a consequence that comes when we are unforgiving. These aren't in my notes today, but I believe it's for somebody. When we're unforgiving towards family members that maybe they're not the nicest people to be around. We think that we're hurting them and we're really hurting ourselves. And God's saying, don't do that because it's not good for you. I love you. Receive an abundance of grace because as we receive an abundance of grace, do you know what that empowers us to do? It empowers us to give away an abundance of grace. It empowers you and I to recognize and understand even if people aren't operating right right now, they are still the righteousness. If they've received Christ, they are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't withhold his blessing. Let me show you this in Galatians 3. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. See, God desires that the blessing of Abraham, if you go back and read about Abraham, he was wealthy. He was well taken care of. God blessed him over and over again. That's the blessing that the Lord wants you and I to have. See, I believe that we don't see the fullness of that blessing is because we don't really believe that we're righteous by faith. We think if I did all the right things, if I had a quiet time, if I read my Bible, if I didn't say, do, or think something wrong, now I'm qualified for God to bless me. Listen, sometimes you're more qualified for the blessing in the midst of your failures than you are in the midst of your successes. Because in your failures, you know that you don't qualify by your behavior. See, mature Christian, Christians recognize that they are righteous by faith. And it's a process that goes on in our life. Again, 
When you fail, do you, what do you, how do you respond? You say, oh, God, here I am again. I've blown it again. God, I'm so unworthy. God, just forget about me. Because I'll tell you, I've talked to a lot of followers of Jesus Christ who just give up on trying to live for God because they know they're imperfect. Newsflash, we all are. We all blow it. And when we receive the abundance of grace, we can say, God, thank you. Thank you, God, that even though I blew it, God, thank you for the gift of righteousness in my heart and life. That's when we learn to reign in life. Listen to this, maturing brings more results as you reign in life. The more you learn to be established in this, the more you're able to reign in life. Does that mean the problems disappear? No, it means you just recognize it's just a problem. My God's bigger than my problem. God's bigger than what I'm walking through. God's bigger than the circumstance with that relationship with my husband and wife. God is bigger than financial setback. God is bigger than anything that I'm walking through. It's that maturing process. Let me, let me show you to you from Hebrews 5. It says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, this babe is not talking about someone who is hot. It's not talking about someone going, Boy, that person is hot. They're foxy. Okay, it's not talking about that. It's talking about a baby. All right? And the reason why there are so many babies in the, in the body of Jesus Christ today, and there are many of them, is because they don't understand righteousness. They understand it here, okay, yeah, I'm righteous, I blew it, oh God, what's happening in my life? Problem comes, oh God, what's going on? They don't understand it here. Listen, we don't hit them over the head or be mean to them when they act like a baby. We don't go give them the what for, just because they're misbehaving. That's how babies act. It helps us operate in love with, with one another. Listen, babies act that way. Babies spill their milk. Babies make a mess. Babies mess in their diapers, right? They do all these kinds of things. But what we do is we encourage them. Amen? We love on them, even when they act like babies. And why are they acting like babies? Because they're unskilled in the word of righteousness. Now listen, when you think of the word righteous, what do you think? Do you think about right doing? That's the problem. Because there are many people in the body of Christ that when they see the word righteousness in the New Testament, they think of right doing. But it isn't right doing, it's right believing. And the reason why so many remain babes in Christ is because they are unskilled in righteousness. See, what my prayer for us as a church is that we're not just doing church on Sunday as kind of a checklist. Uh, okay, let me get my God thing out over the week and then let me go live my life really apart from God. I'm going to try to kind of do well. No, that we would understand that God wants to participate in everything in our life. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of that, we're blessed and highly favored. That we are highly blessed. We're great. I mean, we're highly favored. We're greatly blessed and deeply loved. That's something different than what the world has. We get Christ in our lives so we can go out as conquerors. It's why so many Christians aren't moving past some of their wrong behaviors in their life. Because they keep trying to qualify by their own behaviors. They keep trying to qualify for something that their behavior could never qualify them for. You and I have been qualified by Jesus. But once you begin to take hold daily of the gift, of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, it creates security in your life. And a secure believer lives right because they understand that God's righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And do you know why it's an everlasting righteousness? Because someone paid for it. His name is? His name is? His name is? It's Jesus. 
It's the whole reason why Jesus came to earth. It's the whole reason why you and I are celebrating Christmas today is because it's about the Father sending his son, Jesus. It's about redemptive love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, in Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. See, there's a present that you can receive this Christmas and then receive it every day for the rest of your life. It's an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that Jesus has provided for you. You know, I don't know what most of you are getting for Christmas this year. I know what a few of you are getting, but I don't know what most of you are getting. But if there's something that I could place for you under the tree this year, it would be that you would receive God's redemptive love. That you would receive Jesus. And I'm not talking about if you don't know Jesus Christ, though that's the starting point. But that you would daily receive Jesus by receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Why? Because that is what empowers you to reign in life. Listen, are you ready to reign in life? Listen, seriously, are you ready to reign in life? Well, what you need to start doing then is you need to start giving, you need to start showing up to church, you need to start being kind to people. No, it's not, is it? It's receiving abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Well, what else, Pastor Richie? You receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Well, there's surely some other things that I got to do. No, you receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.